Welcome to the Head Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Podcast this is Sean McKinnon, your host, and today's guest is Kristen Smith. She is a physical therapist and founder of Labs for Limbs. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Now, Kristen and I are um, going under COVID precautions here, and we're doing a Skype call and turning it into an audio file, and this will be my first go at this. So how do you feel about that, Kristen? <laughs> Everything is different now, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, Kristen, let's, let's get into it a little bit. Um, where are you from initially so the, the listeners can get an understanding of your background? I'm originally from a small town outside of Cooperstown, New York. So baseball hall of fame, as everybody knows it. Um, very small town though. Graduated with about 32 kids. Wow. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, the soccer teams are bigger than that. Yeah. (laughs) So, and when you went to this uh, school, uh, you, did you have siblings and stuff in your family that were in the school too? Cause it's gotta be small. So they know everybody. One older sister. And Uh I think she was often upset because we were typically on like the same soccer teams and sports teams and, or I was just a year behind her, even though we were three years apart, we were in the same band and everything. So that made it a little challenging in high school. <laughs> oh God, I can imagine. It's like, here they come again. Yep. <laughs> comes the Smiths. <laughs> so, and um, so living in Cooperstown, uh, what was some of your influences there to pursue college, parents, family, anything? Um, I think a lot of it, just growing up in a small town, you always dream big when you grow small, I think. (laughs) So you wanted to get out of the town as everybody does when they're growing up. But I really had a love for nature. I grew up, there's Catskill Mountains right there and just everything was very nature-based. My mom was always into hiking and everything too. So I think that was a lot of that early exposure that made me really interested in Possibly leading into physical therapy without even knowing it. <laughs> sure. It's kind of like a subtle influence, right? It's yeah. part of it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but now, from a small uh, town, too, I think mm-hmm. that there's that real community feel. Um, so early on, you know, and all throughout high school and everything, a lot of different things that we'd take part in were all community-based. So it was just, it was nice to be part of something where everybody did know your name and um, you could make a difference with a small gesture. Yeah, it's, it's, you got a, a greater effect sometimes in a small yeah. community. I grew up in a little dairy farm community, mm-hmm. so everybody knew each other, and, you know, it's good but bad, and it is what it is, right? You can't mm-hmm. change it, and it definitely probably helps shape your life, right? Yeah. All right, now, so your sister, you said, became a PT, right? Yes. She came, Obviously before you, yes. right? <laughs> All right, so we were talking about this uh, before we started the interview, yeah. and you had your own path to becoming a PT, so we won't really belabor your sister's side of it, but let's talk about your path. Um, <laughs> you started out some college, right, going yeah. to some SUNY schools, I think, right? I went to Ithaca, actually, to start. Um, I had this grand dream of being a translator, so I wanted to go Ooh. into foreign language. Um, French was my inig- original major, uh-huh. and I wanted to work for Médecins Sans Frontières. You know, I wanted to go Ooh. over and travel and work with doctors and everything. <laughs> and um, But my first, actually my first French class I took, I got placed really high. I'm a good test taker, so mm-hmm. I got placed really high in French when I got to college. Ooh. And my first partner in that class lived in France for four years. Okay. So I could understand a thing he was saying. I, I was like small town French, and he was Paris French. Oh, so right. 
<laughs> I quickly realized I was not as good at French as I thought I was. And um, yeah, so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually along the line, you went to college for a little bit, um, you graduated, all that kind of stuff. And then you eventually found your way to Buffalo with Duval, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I transferred after one year at Ithaca huh? to Duval. So I started okay. my sophomore year oh, at, um, at Duval. Yeah. And I kind of knew before I started the um, before I started at Ithaca that I probably wasn't going to follow the French course anyways, because that was the time that a lot of veterans were coming back with amputations and that I wanted to do something about that. And I mean, as like an 18 year old, what do you do? You don't really know. And I didn't necessarily think about joining the service. I was back and forth about it, but I knew I wanted to do some sort of academia. So that ended up sending me down that more science-based path and like the pre-med side of things. Neat. And you had some influence with the, some veterans with amputees and so forth. And that kind of planted a seed as we yeah. didn't do down the road here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so at Duval, what was your bachelor's in? Originally, I started as a um, chiropractic major, and then I was a PA, and then I was, no, I was kind of everything, but I ended up with a BS in biology. Nice. All right. And that set you up then for PT school, right? So you stayed at Duval, obviously, right? And then got into the, the DPT program, right? Um, and during the program, you were saying that that's when you started the laps for limbs. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. When was that? That was my second year of the PT program. It was 2011. I started the PT program in 2010. Um, Dr. Baumgarten had a an amputee support group that he had invited me to, and that kind of planted the seed for everything moving forward. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good, good supporter of the HAB Project, and uh, he's a mentor to a lot of the students out there. So people listening, they're interested in DPT school for uh, their children or something like that, um, and you're interested in possibly coming to Buffalo, that's one of the benefits of uh, the Duval DPT program is the uh, professors a lot of times will mentor a lot of the, the students. And Joe, Joe was like that, isn't he? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. And so um, he was doing the, I know he's still involved with the amputees. So yeah. how did that like, did you get to go shadow him or just talk to him about it? How did it come up? I actually ended up going. I think it was the first support group, actually. And what wow. really inspired me was at the time, Kevin Degnan, um, he was the local runner, had a lot of records at, like, through high school and college and everything. Um, he ended up, I don't know, do you know, is that name familiar to you? No, I don't recognize so that he, name. He's an um, amputee, and at the time, he was getting his amputation and he really, there was this whole article on him about wanting to get back to running. He was a huge runner and I'm a big runner. So I was just really inspired by his story. And I knew he was going to be at the amputee support group meeting. So that was wow. one of my big motivators too. I was like, I have to meet this guy, Kevin, <laughs> because within a few months, I think it was, I may have this wrong, but it was like in the fall, maybe September that he got his amputation. He ran his first 5k by like April. So okay. I thought that was really incredible. Yeah. Um, so at that first support group, I remember walking in and everyone was kind of going around and introducing themselves and talking about what type of injury or amputation that they had. And then I got to me and I was just like, hi, I'm Kristen. I'm just here to support you. <laughs> so, and they were like, OK. Yeah, they're like, who's this weirdo? No. <laughs> who's this weird <laughs> It was at that meeting that a couple of the um, members had expressed that there was no event that was for them you know they said there's all these different causes that are out there but there's really nothing for amputees and so that just kind of a light bulb went off and i decided i need to do something maybe this is my calling you know when it comes to that 
Yeah, it turns out it has been. So <laughs> I heard a lot of great things. When I was in PT school there for a little bit, um, I'd heard about you. So when I started the HAP project, um, I think uh, I won an award, but I think you had won one too. I think it was the same one. Didn't you win the Spirit of... Spirit of Marguerite yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I won it and then you won it. It was funny because our PT department was truly repping because they don't have to get that award out every year, right? Right. And it's been years where they haven't. But, you know, the nonprofit sector in the PT industry, um, I always say kind of coincide, yeah, right? A lot of PTs want to help people. Yeah. So, um, let, all right, we'll get back to the last for limbs for a second. Let's pause there. In PT school, when you when did you graduate then? 2013. All right. And then what was your, um, after you licensed, um, what was your first job area? What was your expertise? I ended up enjoying acute care, surprisingly. I thought I would go to like a VA hospital and work with amputees, but I ended up going into acute care and it was a, lo and behold, a, a small community rural hospital. So I went back to kind of my roots on Oswego. So <laughs> I went back to the roots. Right. <laughs> I'm never going back. I'm going to the big city. And then my first job is back in the roots. Exactly. <laughs> so. Just a really small rural hospital. I was the only acute care PT and I serviced anyone who walked through the door. All right. So you probably gained a lot of experience. Experience, right? Yes, very much so. People are relying on you, even though you, yeah. you, you get it's always okay, you know, because the DPT program sets you up with good research and with the okay. newest things. And sometimes you bring a lot to the table as a new person, uh, even though you're, you're not new in life because you had some experience in life already. So it's always kind of interesting to be able to get out there and do that. And that suits your personality, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. And our cardiac and neuro experience, too, that program is really strong and the vestibular side, too. So that was really. I think I surprised a lot of people when I knew how to do all the vestibular maneuvers as a new grad. So I was like, win. Yes, yes. That's so true. And um, all right. So when you're out there now, um, you didn't, how long did you stay? A couple of years, maybe? I was there from 2013 to 2016. Okay. That's pretty good. Fair enough. And then did you get switching to travel from there? Yes. Yeah. I started, I didn't want to go too far because I didn't know if I'd like travel. So I went to so far away, Pennsylvania. Ooh, yeah. That's, <laughs> Across the border. Started a new life. Started went a new down life. south. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up in another little rural hospital in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania. That was my first travel assignment. And then that ultimately brought me out to Pittsburgh where I was doing more work out there. Mm, nice. Okay. And during this whole time, was the Laps for Limbs still going? You were running events? Yeah. So it actually, it, it was pretty interesting. Um, I wasn't sure how it would go after I left Uville and I knew I wasn't really staying in Buffalo. So, but fortunately the SVA took it over um, at the time at Uville and they were running really strong. Um, and mm -hmm. Ben Randall and Trey Randall were really involved with the whole Laps for Limbs idea and just getting it off the ground with me. So um, they kind of took the reins and were doing it while I was out of town with my direction. They'd call me and involve me and everything, but the students just really took off with it and made some really amazing events. And I would always come back for the event. So it was almost like a homecoming and I would be able to come <laughs> back and just see everybody and see the impact that it was having and you know see what other types of visions students and staff would add to it. So it was growing on its own without me really even being there so that was a lot of why it's still around it wasn't because i was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you had the you know you had it all set up in place and the parameters yeah. were there and so they were just operating within the parameters right and keeping it going yeah, yeah. and they're good people so the sba for those of you listening out there was like the student veteran association or something like that uh or yeah because i was a part of it so let's yeah. describe for the listeners if they show up to an event 
to they want to sign up for that type of event if you're still doing those types. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what are they in store for? Like, what are we gonna do? What's what's so the deal? So the whole the whole purpose of the event when going back to the amputee support group and the members talking about wanting some sort of event. Um, as a physical therapist, I was really aware of accessibility and the limitations of. I mean, if you think about Buffalo as a whole, it's not exactly the most accessible city. We have a lot of winter roads and everything, and not the best <laughs> right. sidewalks. So. The idea of like a 5K or a 10K was out of the question because it wouldn't be accessible. And the whole vision of that was people, if you think about that type of structure, the first finishers within like 15 minutes and then the last person could be an hour. So that's okay. really a community-based event, which yep. is why I wanted to do it at a track. So that's where the whole name Laps for Limbs came from because mm-hmm. it's a walk, run, roll. It's accessible. It's a flat surface. Um, and it could just bring everybody together, whether you're walking or rolling or running, everybody's together because it's just a quarter mile track. So people come out. It's for all ages. We've had young, really young kids there, people, you know, babies and strollers to World War II veterans out there. Sid was out there. He's over 100 years old. So it's pretty amazing just to see people, veterans from all different eras, just community members, everybody coming together. And Buffalo doesn't always give us the best weather. But <laughs> yeah. forward, we're actually doing, we're planning indoor events for the Buffalo area. So that's good. <laughs> now, you did have one planned, right? I believe it would have already happened. But the COVID-19. So what was that one supposed to be? That actually, we were, um, the whole vision with Laps for Limbs kind of moving forward right now is we want to do more collaborations and more with different organizations that are already in the area. So that's where Higher Ground kind of rolled into as well. Trey Randall, again, we keep shouting him out. Um, And also I have a friend, Brendan Finn, who runs Running for Those Who Can't. So we decided to partner up and work on what we called ACE. It's the Adapt Able Mm -hmm. Conference and Expo. So we wanted to do an Adaptive Rec Expo, essentially. Um, And we were going to have that with Laps for Limbs. And it was planned to be at the sports arena at Buff State. We had that all set up and um, it would be an indoor track event, but we'd also have a bunch of vendors and opportunities to participate in. We had wheelchair basketball, sit volleyball, um, scuba, adaptive scuba diving. Wow. We were having the lacrosse team was going to come out, a bunch of different vendors. So you were going to be there. Yeah, Half Project <laughs> was going to be there. I even had volunteers lined up, PTAs, PTs yeah. were going to work. So next year, uh, hold on to it. We got this. Yeah. Now, okay, so somebody, they they're kind of getting the idea now if they're listening, right? They, they're coming out to this event. They're walking some laps or they're interacting with this community of people, mm-hmm. their veterans, their veteran sympathizers, military line. Now, what's the actual end goal of every single event? What's What do you guys do for the, the veterans and so forth? So at the the whole purpose of the laps for limbs is people raise money per lap or they can do flat donations. So we have people kind of get their own sponsors and they donate the money. The main purpose of laps for limbs is raising awareness and funds for veterans and children with limb loss and limb differences. So what we do is we like to keep that money local. Um, Within the Buffalo events, all the money that's raised and all of it, like 100% of the money that we raise, the proceeds goes to organizations that we choose that are helping those specific populations, so veterans and children. Um, The past several years, we've donated to Camp No Limits, which is for the children with amputations or limb loss and limb differences. And it's a full camp experience, like a summer camp experience. And typically a lot of the kids from here go to Maine and their families get to go too. So not only do they get exposure to adaptive recreation and all sorts of, you know, different activities that a lot of people do at camp, but their families get to go too. And they also do ADL training, like putting on your prosthetics, learning how to tie your shoes with one hand, all those amazing things. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah. so you mean by ADLs now? What do you mean by that for common vernacular? Studies of daily living. <laughs> <laughs> daily living. Because people don't, um, you know, people don't tend to think about it so much about the idea that, um, you know, they can't maybe tie their shoes. They might have a hard time putting on prosthetics on, right? And then we know their sleeves and it gets uncomfortable and there's costs and insurance. And I mean, the list goes on and on. So anybody out there has ever had a loved one suffer from any type of um, ailments or comorbidities that, you know, can can impact their financial side. Well, same thing with the amputees, right? Uh, and so if I was um, a listener and I knew somebody that, was an amputee, like a veteran or something, um, what would they say to this person that they could possibly get from you guys or what, what's, you know, um, what would they say? What we do is we do half of the proceeds go to the children's cause and then half goes to the veterans cause. Okay. And so the past couple of years, we've also donated to higher ground again, Trey Randall. We, they offer all sorts of recreational and like adaptive recreation and different recreation opportunities as well as social engagement. Um, so that would be another outlet because a lot of people ask me about laps for limbs, especially when it comes to veterans, they say, well, the VA is already providing the prosthetic. We're not paying for the prosthetic. That's not what our money, it's not, it's the cost outside of the medical costs. So like we're talking about and how I often explain it to people who are runners, especially you have a trail shoe, you have a road shoe, you have a walking shoe. If you only have one leg, how are you supposed to do all those things, right? right. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting to think about it from that point of view. But a lot of different equipment is needed if you do want to participate in cycling, like hand cycling. Yeah. Or, you know, if you need a sports chair, like your regular wheelchair will not suffice for a sports chair if you want to play basketball or if you want to do any other things like that so that's what we more focus on from the laps for limbs perspective is you know i do, I do a lot of that kind of stuff with the hat project where i come in and somebody says well this person's a veteran yep. and they have one wheelchair that they got from VA, which took a while to get yep. <clears throat> excuse me and they have a certain type of um, walker but then i always say well what about your caregiver Take it. I got an extra one. I got a second one. I got a different type of one, you know, and then all of a sudden they go, oh, yeah, well, I guess I could use a second one or one for outside or yeah, or one for upstairs if they have yeah. a different or one in the car. And it's just and I think the physical therapy side of that. And I mean, I I feel like such at an elementary level when it comes to my knowledge of this, because. I'm learning as I go. Every time I meet somebody or I talk to an organization that we help, I'm learning so much more about the needs that are out there. And that's why Laps for Limbs as a whole is constantly evolving and why we're continuing to change who we're helping and how we're doing it. Um, but I think I think that's the most exciting part about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty fluid when it comes to just being able to help people. Yeah, I love it. And that's why, uh, like, same thing with the Hat Project. We, we have we did the mass drive right now during COVID. We're doing mm-hmm. music musics for veterans right now. If anybody's out there listening, check out the Facebook page because Monday through Friday we have uh, local artists. Sometimes they're out of state even, but mostly local artists doing a song every day and a video every day of it. And it's all for veterans and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, your company, my company, we're just kind of just rolling along, adapting, right. adapting. Adapting what we but okay. So, what type of fun? Like at one event, how much can you possibly bring in at one event? You're talking five grand, fifteen grand. What are you talking? What's it's your? Been, what's your it's been variable over the past. Let's see. This would have been the ninth event over the past eight oh, years. Wow. We've raised over seventy thousand. Nice. Um, and it's been it's been kind of up and down and dependent, especially when we were. 
when the SBA was helping and they had some bigger sponsors, that was a big help to bring up the overall. But we've actually, after we got the 501c3, which was actually 2019, um, that's when we branched off from DeUville more so. And there's still people from the SBA involved and the community as a whole. I mean, the Buffalo community is a wonderful community to have something like this in, but we've with the 501c3, we've had to start kind of from the ground up again. Um, okay. So last year we raised about 5,000, which was great for a first start. And it was a yeah. terrible weather day. I think it was like 36 <laughs> degrees or something and people were still at the track. So it's it's just a great community event. <laughs> I love the support we always have despite the weather, but that's kind of Buffalonians in general, you know? <laughs> it totally, no, I totally get it, man. Like it's like we, when I started that project and started getting donations, I mean, boom, we went from walkers, canes and wheelchairs to 20,000 our you know actual power chairs for a veteran yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know you and all of a sudden you go from two and a half years we started and i think i'm at ninety thousand dollars worth of equipment i've gotten out already so wow. on horizon so yeah so and that's not including the funding and all that kind of stuff so i get it you know there's and then you got to figure out what to do with the funding and where it goes and exactly. yep. how do donors get to you is there a website is there a venmo is there what can they do so we have a website, lapsforlimbs.org, and there is a donate option on that. And we often do Facebook drives, too. We're, we're registered with the Network for Good, so we have the donate button a lot of times on our Facebook page under Laps for Limbs, which cool. is great as well. And that helps with the transparency of it, too. I, you know, but you're 501c3. I'm 501c3. Yep. And um, anybody out there listening um, wants to send her, you know, some type of donation or wants to send her an inquiry, uh, you probably do Facebook Messenger too, right? Yep, Laps for Limbs is our Facebook page. Great. So somebody, I'm getting a lot of messages all the time from veterans right now that are listening to the Hat Project music videos and all that kind of stuff, donors of equipment and all that. So maybe I can, um, I'll set this up on Facebook too, so that I hopefully I can get it right and share it and get you <laughs> on there and see if anybody can reach out to you. You never know. And now what region of um, New York State um, if somebody needs help, like if there are people with issues and so forth, are you just helping Western New York or are you letting Trey and them companies kind of work it? How are you doing that? So we typically with our events that we fundraise at, we always donate the money locally to the area. So the money thus far that's been raised in Buffalo has okay. been to the Western New York area. Um, okay. And again, like we said, we donated to higher ground. So that's always a great resource too, especially for veterans. Um, last year, we also did an event, a small event. We piloted one in Albany. So we did the capital region oh, and we cool. donated. Yeah. And we donated to a local organization out there called Stride and they do a lot of adaptive recreation. <clears throat> Um, yeah. So if, if anyone's interested in an event though, or they would like to host one, we love, we started doing what we called pop-up events. Even this year, one of my friends in South Carolina decided to just go to the track and run by himself Uh since we couldn't do the group event. So we're registered, we're, we're registered for charitable solicitations in South Carolina now too, as well as Virginia. Um, so if people do want to raise money, they can go run some laps and say, hey, I'm running for laps for limbs and that can help people locally. We always want to keep that money local to the area where it's raised. 
Now we have listeners that do Ansley's Angels, and my wife has been a part of that. And my wife runs marathons, and she's a my wife's a St. Jude uh, hero, so she's run for St. Jude constantly. Now mm-hmm. the New York City, you know, Chicago, we did the yeah. Marine Corps marathon. She just did that recently, and so there's a lot of runners that listen to this that are yeah. nonprofit. So not only donating to you, but what about um, coming alongside? So if there's somebody out there listening that has some type of event in mind, mm-hmm. and they're, th- they're they're listening to you going, hey, maybe this could work. I'm going to encourage the listeners out there to reach out to your yes. uh, Facebook, Laps for Limbs, and message you because maybe there's another event. Somebody could be listening and thinking, oh, man, she would fit in great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and you're pretty easy to work with. At least that's what <laughs> Trey and everybody Google says, and you're amicable and everything's good. So I, I'm going to encourage anybody else out there to um, reach out to Kristen and invite her out because maybe there's something else out there that... Um, you can tap into and just come alongside, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really our vision moving forward. Like we had planned this year was that whole collaborative idea. We, what we really want to do between Brendan and I with running for those who can't, we talked about starting what we call an ACE coalition. So having the adaptable conference and expo coalition, all the different organizations in Western New York that deal with adaptive recreation or offer opportunities for veterans or people with disabilities. We want to get all of them together because there's so many great programs in Western New York and it's almost like nobody even knows about each other. why don't we just all work together? We shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel if we all just collaborate together and have awesome events as a whole. I think that would be pretty incredible. So, that, I mean, Buffalo as a whole has so many opportunities, and I think we just need to tap into that more. So that's our vision for that. So like you're saying, with people reaching out from a collaborative standpoint, I think that would be really great because that's what we're working towards as we're going into other states as well. And when it comes to nonprofits, I mean, there's so many out there and in a sense, people are competing for funds, but that's really not necessary if we're all helping the same populations. Right. I really think if we all work together, it doesn't matter who's 501c3, the money gets passed through. It's exactly. about who actually benefits from it. So that's right. why this whole coalition idea that we have for the whole Western New York area, and then hopefully moving forward into other states as well as Laps for Limbs expands. That's what the grand vision is for the whole thing is just if there's help out there, let's get it to people. Let's connect people. That's the main point is connecting people. So if somebody's inspired right now and they say, man, I love to run, come on now. And they, you know, there's all these apps that my wife used to use years ago where you're mm-hmm. running and a little bit of it kind of gets profited somehow. And that's where she went to St. Jude and stuff. And we all, a lot of us know in healthcare, right? St. Jude stuff. But yeah. on your on your level, um, somebody can do an individual event for you. They can do a family size event. They can go out and just start after the COVID-19 precautions and the quarantine event in place. Maybe people need to start jogging again and walking. Exactly. I'm just saying, I'm not being condemning. <laughs> I'm trying to be empowering. So, right, with a therapeutic sense mm-hmm. of exercise and PT and now laps for limbs, for example, um, somebody can go out and maybe contact you and say, hey, we want to, as a family now, after these um, quarantines and precautions have lifted, we want to get out and start walking and why not do it for a cause? Because it sure motivates you like compared to like the New Year's resolution. I'm just going to go out and walk again this year and couch to 5K and then they peter out. Whereas doing it for a cause, right? 
is is generally just you know gives it a little bit of a little bit of an oomph to it, right? Yeah, there's a reason to do it. So running with purpose is what I like to say. <laughs> exactly, I love that's it. Running, that's a, the big part of our laps for limbs idea too. Is the one of our words that we always use is inclusion, you know, and accessibility. Okay. So thinking about that, whether you're rolling or walking or whatever you want to yeah. do to get out your your miles or your laps in support of the organization. <laughs> Heck, like a kayak, right? For a certain amount exactly. of time. <laughs> Go out yeah. and like do, I mean, whatever, right? And it reminds me of, I grew up in the Catholic grade school system here and went to Cardinal Hare here in town for a few years, whatever. But we used to do the walkathons. Yep. Do you remember the walkathons? And I think yours is like a higher purpose kind of walkathon. <laughs> so those of you who are out there in your 40s, 50s, because we're the bracket right now, my age group, <laughs> 40s, <laughs> soon to be 40. But um, we're trying to get back in shape. We're out there working full time. Some of us have some money because we've had careers for years and now we want to do something with it. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to appeal to a few people out there, um, you know, the old uh, walkathon mentality and just use it with a purpose. Purpose, right. So, it, I mean, I'm not saying what you do is a walkathon, but it's kind of that type yeah. of, you know, why reinvent the wheel? If that's what used to work, mm-hmm. let's just take it for today's purpose and make it work. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how many volunteers do you need if somebody can't walk or doesn't want to run, but yet they want to be a part of something? Do you ever need volunteers at that? Yep. At our events, we usually need volunteers for registration and, um, you know, just being there and just having people come out. One year, I remember DeUville brought out a bus of like everyone from the residence hall and it was awesome. We had just people like in the bleachers cheering for people running and walking. I thought that was awesome. And again, it's a big part of it is it's a community event. So the more people we can get out there, even if you don't plan to walk or run or roll, if you're just there supporting and just talking to people. Again, there's veterans from so many different eras. There's people of all different ability levels and ages and I just think it's a great opportunity to possibly meet people you typically wouldn't even run into on a regular basis so yeah nothing wrong with that right I mean come on it's it's a community thing Um, now so that's kind of where we've been where (laughs) we're at you're talking about where we're headed, trying to go from state level to possibly interstate level to, well, let's say national, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's be positive. Let's go exactly. national. And um, the best place to get a hold of you is Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Make Facebook message. Is there, and you said a website. What was the website again? Lapsforlimbs.org. Lapsforlimbs.org. Okay. And is there a telephone number or email? Besides yeah, my Facebook? email, um, it's KL Smith. So my Initials. I'll put that. I'll put that in the in the show yep. notes, anyways. And that's, I'll put that that's all out there. Yep. So those of you listening, don't worry about that. We'll get that out there for you. All right. And is there anybody else you want to give a shout out to as we're wrapping up the interview today? Is there any influencers out there? Somebody that inspired you? Somebody you care for? You'd like to say hey. I always have to shout out to Trey because yeah. Trey and Ben were the original people who just really believed more in me than I think I did when I had this idea and I went to them. It was just like, I, I was so excited about it, but I had, I think I was too excited to even put it into words. So when, um, the first event happened and from there, they always encouraged me to keep doing it, keep coming back, keep doing it. I think that's really what made the difference. And even good Trey was one of the main people who pushed me to do the 501 C three. So when that went through, um, just his, his kind of guiding hand through all of it and just continuing to push me forward and wanting to collaborate. And as higher ground is growing for him to pull laps for limbs forward with it too, has been really an exceptional support system. So it's pretty amazing. 
I want to encourage anybody else out there listening, if you're younger, possibly, and you're you're interested in talking about your dreams and your passion and some type of nonprofit, even if it's not the same thing Kristen's doing, to reach out to her. And I'm sure Kristen would more than welcome, you know, trying to mentor somebody Absolutely. or to guide somebody along and to pass the torch because you teach what you know, but you mentor who you are. Mm-hmm. And so Kristen's got a lot going on there for everybody to tap into. And it'd be a shame if nobody really did that. But I have a feeling somebody might listen to this down the road and say, hey, Kristen, I just need to talk to you. It's not quite what you're doing, but, you know, I really li- I like your story and I'd like to get a part of something. Like so feel free to shoot her some questions. Um, I'm sure you'll respond. And being a professional, um, if you get into a Kristen, I'm telling you, I know the PT mentality. They're going to line you up with short-term goals, long-term goals, <laughs> prognosis, diagnosis, and they're going to they're gonna set you on your path, right? Am I right? Am I right? You're, you're very, yep, yeah, very correct. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not lying. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> No, so I could just see, so I want to encourage any younger people out there, if you're using, you know, any of social media stuff to try and help other people, especially now with this pandemic that's been going on, I have a feeling there's been some seeds planted. So right now we're kind of planting seeds, we're kind of watering things and mm-hmm. you're hoping to reap down the road, down the road. It's an old farming thing. Right? <laughs> so I come from farmers, so, right? You, you, you reap what you sow. So exactly. she's sowing good seeds. And if anybody's looking to keep doing that, reach out to Kristen, give her a shout out, tell her you heard her here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll, I'm sure she'll work with you. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you want to cover before we um, stop the regular interview? And then we'll be doing a stoppage time interview, which for those of you that have listened before, the stoppage time is always fun. And I'm looking forward to it. Kristen. It's short, five minutes or so. And you, you get to delve into Kristen and uh, what, she, what how her mind works and operates. It's kind of interesting. So <laughs> I want to encourage everybody to check that out, too. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to say before we go? Just thanking the Buffalo community as usual, because that's one of our, our whole mission is community oriented. And without the community itself, we still, we wouldn't be here where we are. So wanted to always thank them. They're, they're the home of Laps for Limbs, no matter how big we grow. <laughs> ah, yeah, there you go. Hat Project started in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. I get it. So thank you, Buffalo. Thank you for all the listeners out there in different states in Oklahoma, California, Texas, North Carolina, Florida, Washington, D.C., and Montana. Uh, and that's just a few of the places where people are listening to the podcast every every time I release an episode. So we want to thank you for all that. And I just want to say, stay safe. Um, enjoy yourself. If you have any PT questions too, feel free to call Kristen <laughs> <laughs> during the pandemic. So I uh, just want to wish everybody love, peace, and joy, and to have a good time. And we appreciate everybody in the support. I just want to say thank you so much. And with that, let's say goodbye, Kristen. Bye. Goodbye. The HAVE Project, helping assist veterans every day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations, accepting donations of used assistive and mobility devices, and distributing them to local veterans and their families for free here in the Western New York area. Find us on Facebook. Thank you to Dr. Wendy Weinstein for her support of the HAVE Project podcast. Dr. Weinstein has been in private practice for 20 years She is a board-certified psychiatrist who treats most illnesses, including depression, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. She's conveniently located downtown at 631 Delaware Avenue. Her contact number is 716-362-1210. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Find us on Facebook. Please check out our new website at www.thehabproject.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments can be emailed to haveveteranproject at gmail.com. Thank you.